Hello, everybody, and welcome to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Shattuck, and I am your host. This podcast is about my personal experiences, stories, and events with dealing with borderline personality disorder, otherwise known as BPD. My experiences with BPD is due to my wife, now ex-wife, who I have been with for 34 years, was diagnosed with BPD in 2012. And I want to share my experiences with you so that if you are someone who has somebody in your life with BPD, that you may relate to what I'm saying along with my personal tips and suggestions that may or may not work in your specific situation. And if you are someone who has been diagnosed or think you may have BPD, that you may recognize the signs and understand the havoc and turmoil that it can have around people that are involved in your life. Let me caution you that I am in no way qualified or certified in the field of mental health and that my personal suggestions are merely my personal opinion and do not recommend that anybody take any mental health therapy into their own hands, but to personally seek out the help from a professional in the field of mental health. And furthermore, if you are a couple, you might even consider counseling to help further your relationship a little bit better. So with that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Shattuck and I'm your host. Today's episode is titled, The Outline of a Letter. And what it is, is I kind of have a pattern myself. Um, Well, I should say a new pattern the last couple of years. When my wife would make me leave, I'd give her a few days to calm down and... Usually she'll never read a, a Facebook message or an email that I send her. So usually what I do is I take the time and write her a letter and then mail it to her. And um, from past mistakes, I've noticed on what to put in a letter, what not to put into a letter, and how to outline it. And it's almost like writing a sales letter in a way. It's selling myself back to her. So it um, might help you. Um, see if it resonates with you. But anyways, thank you again for listening, and let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody, and again, thank you for listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. My name is Brad Chaddick, and... Actually, right now, this is uh, September 13th, and the last episodes, uh, the last two I did, the first one was that um, I had been back at home for six weeks, and um, I put, you know, for now, and then it was just a short time after that, I said, here we are, break up again. So, I've been out of the house for about a week and a half, almost two weeks, and, um, I didn't have too much to report as far as an episode until I realized um, one thing that I do all the time, and that's um, I write her letters. And like I said, she um, I know for a fact when I send her a message, she'll briefly skim through it, and she'll you know respond in her manner. It's almost like she ignores what I say and just blasts you know what she wants to write. And I've noticed when I take my time and actually write something out, you know, by hand, 
she understands, you know, I took the time and she'll read it and, you know, um, we'll, we'll talk about it, you know, a lot more because I, I took the time. So anyways, um, I wanted to give you like a layout. Um, I was in um, the sales for years, a company I worked for for 20 years, and we learned a lot. Um, there's a rule called HOPPA, H-O-P-P-A, and it's uh, the headline, the out, uh, the headline, the outline, um, I think it's a paragraph and positioning or something like that. But there's the acronyms for how you lay out a sales letter. And almost the same rules can apply, you know, when writing, you know, an apology or, you know, a general letter. And um, because of the experience I had in writing sales letters, um, I've had some good luck with writing her a letter. You know, one of the things most people do is they tend to put the blame on the other person. Nobody wants to hear about, you know, um, all things that are wrong with them. Because at the same time, you're like, well, what about you? You know, you're not perfect either. So sometimes the letter can cause more of a problem, can actually fuel the fire, and sometimes do more harm than good. So over the years, I've kind of learned, um, especially from her input, you know, on what to write and what not to write. You know, she'd be like, you know, in your letter, geez, you know, you're putting all the blame on me. You don't talk anything about yourself. Well, and that become an argument because I said, well, you know, you said enough about me, so now it's my turn to, you know, you never let me speak, so I figured I'd put it in a letter. Well, what good is that? Because in the future, she's just not going to read them. So I wanted my letters to be productive and work as an icebreaker. You know, and if she's not going to talk to me face-to-face, -face, you know, you look for alternatives. Like I said, it was messages, but... Those didn't work, so I started going to handwriting letters, and they seemed to be much more effective. And then, like I said, I started listening to her on, you know, what she liked hearing in a letter and what she didn't. So I figured I'd share with you um, my breakdown of how I structure a letter. So um, um, I wrote down some notes here, so I'm going to try to read them at the same time. Um, you know... One of the things I try to do in a letter um, is I try to mold her thinking. I kind of, you know, try to, like, harness her thinking. Uh, because if she thinks on her own, you know, she's going to think about all the bad things and what led up to our fights. And in her mind, it's always, I'm the cause of the problem anyways. It's part of her BPD. And, you know, with typical um, the people, the, one of the typical things with BPD is, their last interaction with you is their perception of you. So you could be the best person in the world, but if they had an argument with you, they hate you, you know, and no matter what good person you are or not, it's that last interaction. So I try not to, you know, let the argument go. Like some people say, time heals, not when it comes to BPD. It's just, you know, if, if I don't try to talk to her, it could just go on and, you know, like I did before, she got a restraining order and it led to a divorce because I wasn't able to talk to her, speak to her. So her mind went on its own and, you know, every day that went on, she hated me and there was no talking or anything in the meantime. So it led to a divorce. So, um, yeah, so no matter what the reason is, the bottom line it's going to be me, unless I take the initiative um, and try to, 
you know, break us out of that argument, out of that phase. And, you know, the other thing is if you love that person enough and you want it to work, you know, this isn't just to write a letter for the sake of it's something right to do, it's something good to do. I mean, if you love that person enough, you know, what I do um, and what I suggest you do is put in the effort to a letter. Um, don't just do it to be fake. You know, if you just put in the letter, you know, a bunch of fluff and, you know, just what they want to hear, it's a fake letter. And it's a lie and it's manipulative if you want to tell them just what they want to hear and just so you can get back with them. It's not the right thing to do. So, when I start off is, um, and like I said, you know, I'm not perfect, but this is what has been um, effective for me. Not every single time, but the majority of the time. Because the key is, is to listen to that person. And it's not always things that you've done or said. It's me, hey, more things you don't do or don't say. And, you know, I learned over the years of it wasn't so much what I did, it was what I didn't do. I didn't make her feel loved. I didn't make her feel cherished or special or beautiful or sexy or that I was attracted to her. So it's about keen and listening. And again, that's if you love that person enough. So I start off by saying that I miss her. And I stay away from too many of her faults or my faults because... If I do too many things that are her fault, then it seems like I'm attacking her. And right away, she may crumple it up, throw it away, and say, See, he's just blaming me for everything. And if I do too much of my faults, it just reinforces, reinforces her thoughts of, See, he is a bad person, even he knows it. So, um, you know, like I said, you don't want to do a lot of... Um, and put in there a lot of what she wants to hear, um, because, you know, all that is is going to be arrogant, and, and you don't want to be arrogant, and that person's going to know you to know if your letter is true, if it's coming from your heart, and they're going to know if you're just saying things because that's what they want to hear. If you've been with that person long enough, they're going to know what your ulterior motive is behind that letter. My wife has known me for 34 years, so... She knows if it's bullshit or if I'm just saying it. She's not dumb. So you got to be very careful and understand you're not going to pull the wool over their eyes. Um, let me see. Uh, yeah, and the other thing is you don't want it to... I, I don't want a letter, you know, if I just put in there uh, saying just what I want her to hear, it can, it can backfire on me. Uh, and it can do more harm than good. And... Like I said, you don't want it to backfire. You want it to be productive. You want it to be effective. Um, and, and the other thing is, you know, by just saying things so, you know, you, you just want, oh, I'm just going to tell her everything she wants to hear so we can get past this. No, because all it's going to do is reinforce and it's going to enable her um, in believing that she's always right. Because... There has to be some truth in the letter. You know, no matter if it's her or you, you know, there has to be truth. Somebody's at fault. Somebody, um, you know, if I'm the one at fault, she might have made it worse. If she was at fault, I could have made it worse by not walking away or by saying something I was going to regret, say something I shouldn't have said. So, you know, you want to start off by a lot of generalization, uh, or at least I do, you know, um, 
I've been sitting here thinking, you know, and I miss you. And, um, you know, but put in there like a generalization. But, you know, put in there. Sometimes it is good to get our own space. Because by that right there, it's not saying, um, you know, you were right by sending me away. Or, um, I think it was good that I went away. Give a reason, a benefit in there. Sometimes it is good to have our own space. You know, so hopefully we don't say things we're going to regret or make the fight worse than what it is. You know, we don't want to turn an anthill into Mount Everest. You know, and I put in there, I admit I'm no angel, but please recognize that I do love you and how much I accept your flaws as I see you do for me. And I'm, you know, because right there, I'm not trying to make it all about me. But I'm putting in there, <clears throat> you know, basically what it's saying is nobody's perfect. I accept your flaws, but I also added in, just like you accept mine. So it's saying, you're not perfect, I'm not either. We're human. Um, um, the things that I've learned. Um, let me see. That, um, yeah, you know, like I said. And then I also put in there, you know, I love you enough where I've learned to take in, you know, seriously the things that you said a lot of things that, not so much what I did, but things that I didn't do. Um, things that I not so much said, but things I didn't say. You know, and it's a lot of those things that she didn't feel cherished, she didn't feel wanted, she didn't feel needed. She didn't feel beautiful, she didn't feel sexy, and she didn't feel that I was attracted to her anymore. So, and I'm not going to say, you know, I hate that you feel that way because that wasn't true. Because what that's going to do is make her feel, again, he's telling me I'm wrong. Uh, he's telling me my feelings weren't right. So, you could say, you know, I don't understand why you felt that way because it's not true. But what I put in there is everybody, is, is, each person this may work and not work with. With some people it may work and say, you know, I, I don't know exactly why... You didn't feel that way, uh, why you felt that way, but I can tell you right now, I did love you, I did cherish you, I am attracted to you, but what I put in there is, you know, I admit that probably was true, so I accepted that, and accept responsibility, but I've tried to learn as much as possible by telling you that I love you, not so much because I want to hear it back, but so you know that I'm telling you I love you because... I want you to know, in fact, that I do love you. I'm constantly commenting, not so much that I think that you're beautiful. Notice how I said, not so much that I think you're beautiful and sexy, but I comment on your looks, your hair, your outfits, your figure, because you are beautiful. So I'm not just putting there that, you know, you may not be beautiful to anybody else, but you're gorgeous to me. You know, you're basically saying... You know, um, love is blind, you know. I know you're ugly, I know you're fat, but, but I think you're beautiful, you know. It's a what on the inside that counts. No, it's not about that. I say, I'm not doing it because I believe you are. It's because you are. So I'm letting her know, not only do I think it, but in fact you are beautiful. Um, and I prove, I prove that I'm attracted to you, not just in the bedroom, but at random times, like when you do the dishes, I come up behind you and just give you a hug for no reason. 
and maybe a little peck on the neck um, or a flirtatious little slap on the butt. You know, it's those little things, um, you know, it depends how deeply involved. You know, hug is very intimate. A kiss on the neck is something quick saying, I love you. Slap on the butt is flirtation saying that, you know, you're attracted to him. So there's three different things for three different meanings, you know, and I think anybody can understand what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, there's a big difference between standing there making out or, you know, full-on making love. You know, big difference. Um, let me see. Um, oh, and then I put in there, you know, I hate fighting and arguing with you. Because I can say that I love you enough that I'll do whatever it takes to discuss what does make us argue. See, now I put in there, us, 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 not you, not me, us. You know, I'll do whatever it takes um, that makes us argue before a fight erupts. So in other words, I want to try to be proactive. I want to nip it in the bud. Can we sit down and discuss if we say we fight about the same things over and over? Can we talk about it? <clears throat> I mean, it's kind of obvious. If And she used to say, you know, we always fight about the same things. Well, if we fight about the same things, why can't we talk about it and try to get over it before it happens? That might be something... If you're saying we fight about the same things over and over, and we overcome that, that's going to be a lot of fights that we won't have to worry about overcoming anymore if we try to nip it in the bud. That's why I always say, I love you enough that I'll do whatever it takes for us not to argue. You know, that's up to her to make that decision, and I'm not going to make it for her and say, I think we love each other enough. No, I'm telling you, I love you enough that I'll do whatever it takes. That's up to her to say, you know what, I love you as much too, I'll talk about it. I'm not going to speak for her, I can't speak for her feelings, I'm just saying, that's what I would do. Hopefully she'll follow suit. Um, because then, if neither one of us wants, oh wait a minute, let me see. Um, because by then, usually, oh yeah, I'm sure neither one of us wants, wait a minute, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, because by then... We won't be fighting about it. You know, we can reason or rationalize with it. Because I, see again, I'm putting it here. I would rather love you than fight with you. Because when we get along, you're everything to me. It's like I'm in heaven. You're my everything. You're my lover. You're my best friend. When we're not fighting, I enjoy everything about you. And I enjoy doing everything with you. I enjoy the fun things we do. I love playing cards. I like playing board games. Watching a movie while cuddling with a throw blanket and some popcorn. And I also want to say, and here's one thing. Women love when they feel sexy, when they feel attractive. So I put in here. Not only that, when we get along, the lovemaking is fantastic. So that just lets her know that if she likes, and she does, she likes when I make her feel sexy and attractive and when I'm affectionate and compassionate to her. So if you like that, when we get along, I enjoy it even more. So that just lets her know that in her mind if she said, you know, when we do get along, it is fantastic. You know, so if we get along all the time, he's going to be acting more affectionate to me and attractive to me. I mean attractive to me. So a lot of these are benefits that she can think about. You know, yeah, I'd rather be making love and made that I feel sexy, that I feel 
uh, attractive and that he does want me. So if I want more of that, he just admit it. As long as we're getting along, everything is, you know, he's going to be much more affectionate to me and, you know, uh, making love is even that much more fantastic. So then I end it with, with all that being said, can we talk about why we argue? And let's get back to the fun things we do and all the fun things that come along with when we're getting along. So that's pretty much the structure when I write a letter. Now, I just want to say when I write letters, I write a lot. Um, my son who's in prison, when I write him a letter, I usually write 10 to 12 pages. Um, I write a lot. Um, and as computer savvy as I am and uh, computers in my life, I never type out um, a letter. I always, um, I love pen and paper, so I write it out. Now with her, it's usually between 8 and 12 pages, you know. And that may be a little excessive with some people, but it depends how in depth. You know, I don't drag things on just to make it look like a long letter. Because it's not so much about quantity, it's about quality. You know, you might be able to say just as much and more meaningful in 6 pages as you can with 12. So it's not by saying... You know, he loves me, you know, because he wrote me a 12-page letter, you know, but only five pages of it, you know, was the real core of it. Everything else is just dragging on. You don't want to drag it on. You want to get to the point and move on to the next thing. And you might be able to do that in five pages, you know, so, but I recognize it and I don't drag things on. Like I said, quality is better than quantity. But anyway, so I hope that might be helpful for you the next time. You get in an argument, a letter might be, you know, effective. And, you know, some people aren't the type that can write. You know, it, they got arthritis or uh, their hands cramp up or they're just not a person that writes. There's nothing wrong with, you know, typing out a letter. It's just that writing it seems a lot more personable. And if usually you do type out letters, maybe by trying to write one out once in a while may show that you took that extra time. You know, that you did write it out. You know, one little thing that I do is uh, at the top of the page, I either write like a little, um, I love you, or I write, uh, I draw like a little happy face or a sad face with a tear under its eye. But I always end it at the very end, you know, with a heart. And I write like true love always. and Or in the heart, I write, I love you forever. You know, there's something a little cute in there. And there's just a little cute signature to add on to the end. And it's just like that stamp of love, that stamp of approval. But anyways, I hope these tips might help you in the future. And again, I'll just always say as I usually do, if you have somebody in your life that has BPD, try to love them as much as you can because they find it so hard to love themselves. Happy times and hope you have a happy life with your person with BPD. Thank you again for listening. You've been listening to Living in the Third Degree with BPD. I hope you enjoyed the show, and please check out my many other episodes. I hope you get some beneficial suggestions from my experiences. And remember, we're all responsible for our own choices. I'd like to remind you that if you have someone in your life with BPD, try to understand them and love them as much as you can, because they find it so hard to be able to understand themselves and love themselves. So thank you again and have a happy life.